Hello and welcome to News Explained. This is your host Kitanjali Devakar. The second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic has hit India. Will the vaccination drive be the only solution to the crisis? What must the public be aware of in the days ahead? Business Line's PT Jyoti Datta gives us an insight into what the experts have to say with regards to the current scenario. The second wave of the COVID pandemic has hit India in a manner that many did not anticipate for. What is the ground situation at the moment? Thank you for having me. Even as we speak, the cases in India, not the active cases, have crossed 2 lakh. And that's a worrying milestone, which means added pressure on hospitals and doctors, nurses, ward boys. So there's this cascading effect. And the worrying part is also countries crossed 1,038 deaths. And the number is one thing, but each death, the family's grief is strong. Both of this, it is a worrying trend that we are seeing and it's on the increase. The other thing that we are seeing across different states is that hospitals are really trying to brace for the added number of patients coming in. They are finding there's a shortage of beds in some states. There's a shortage of oxygen medication so all of that is something that's being reported of various states as business and story today pointed out that various hospitals are sort of beefing up their beds and their medical supplies and all of that on a global scale the worrying part where india stands right now is we are we stand second to the us in terms of total number of cases in death we are still at number 4 after brazil and mexico us brazil and mexico that is and as we noted in maharashtra so has gone in for not a complete lockdown but very stringent measures to restrict movement and now delhi is doing something similar today so the eye will be on most states and how that works out as you look at other states like chatisgarh or mp chatisgarh's got 9000 or active cases and 120 deaths other states with high numbers would be madhya pradesh karnataka kerala but that's the cases they're keeping the deaths in control and then there's tamil nadu and rajasthan as well but also looking at vaccines that are now going to be imported like we have pfizer and other companies that have offered to support the whole vaccination drive as well can you tell us more about that In terms of the vaccine imports so the one which is going to come in right away is going to be Sputnik because that's the Russian vaccine it's coming in with Dr Reddy's and the first lot as the Dr Reddy's management has already told us has it's going to be about 50 million which will come in in the present 3 months we have Johnson and Johnson which has a local tie up with biological tea so that will also be local production so not really imports but Pfizer is an interesting case because they had applied for an emergency approval taken back their case and they've said they are committed to bringing it to India but we'll have to see how that goes and that will be the imported vaccine first of the block once they do plan to bring it into India and Novavax again has a tie up with Serum Institute so we that which means the local production and finally we have Moderna Moderna's another mRNA vaccine coming from Moderna but we don't have any India plans at the moment from Moderna so they don't have an Indian partner and they don't have a presence in India so how the 
Indian government might try to bring them in is something that we still have to watch. So amid the massive COVID breakdown that the country has seen so far, would the vaccination drive be the only solution to the current concerns or does the government or do the people need to do more about the situation? So vaccination is just one part of the whole story. When you talk to doctors and these are doctors on the COVID task force, doctors who are working 18 hour days, they've not had a day off for the last year and we're almost halfway through into April now. So all of them say there's just one thing that works, which is to use their words to mask, mask and mask. Now they're even talking of double masking, where the first mask, which fits you really closely, and then maybe a cloth mask over that. Actually, it's not very difficult to do the things that require to break the transmission. So masking is one. And social distancing that they say, now to not get out if you're not really an essential worker or like the police or the municipal workers or journalists or doctors, of course, but people going on holidays, weddings, all of, all of that could be curbed just a little longer to break this transmission. So this is a virus that's going to take cycles to really, this is what experts say, that it's not going to go off in one shot, it could be in waves. So you need to keep breaking that transmission. So to answer you, there is vaccination, yes, but there's definitely the mask, the distancing and washing of your hands and not undertaking unnecessary travel. There was a recent study that was also published which said that this particular virus would not be transmitted as quickly via surface. Now, is that true or is that just a myth? So CDC had put out something on that recently. That is the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. But what we've been seeing for the last year and plus is that the goalpost seems to be moving all the time. So if you remember last year, they said there's no need for everybody to have a mask. Then that whole thing changed. And now here we are talking about having a double mask and maybe even a face shield. So ideally, I think, again, from what doctors and experts tell us, it's always best to use a little common sense and not to be paranoid, but to just definitely take, to take care. So what could be the probable problems that one could see when it comes to implementing all these plans? One thing is when you talked about importing vaccines, there are two things to that. One is the whole supply issue and the logistics that comes with it. And then there's price. Taking price first, Sputnik has said that they sell across the world at less than $10. In India, AstraZeneca's vaccine is being given by Serum Institute in India at about $2. We still don't have a final fix on what the price for this Russian vaccine will be in India. So price will be something that the government will have to address. And if you're talking of Pfizer and Moderna at some point, they are expensive vaccines. They come at $20 or $30. And then you have logistics with the mRNA vaccines need about minus 75 degrees in terms of transportation, so now storage and distribution. And that compares to two to eight degrees of other regular vaccines, which is like the AstraZeneca vaccine. So you'll require a lot of preparation to distribute the vaccine, otherwise you'll have problems in the uh, integrity of the vaccine. There is a lot of pressure on the Pfizer vaccine, pressure in terms of supplies, because as you see reports of rare blood clots happening on the AstraZeneca vaccine or the Jane vaccine, What's being given as an alternative is the Pfizer vaccine. There have also been discussions about how people are falling sick even after the vaccine. Is that something that we have be concerned about? What do the experts have to say about it? Not really. What the vaccine does 
is and this is very clear of all the vaccines that they've told us the published data that is there it prevents you your condition from deteriorating and from mortality that's what the astrazeneca vaccine for instance says so that does not mean you will not get infected but your infection will be of lesser degree and your condition will not worsen that's one part and the second part is when you've taken one dose you're still not entirely protected you've got to wait that out and you still need to do your masking and it's not like an entire 100% protection that you've got your vaccine and you know you're good to go no. you still need to do the masking and the social distancing so what it does is it prevents mortality and your condition from getting worse that's very clear that's published information that definitely eased out a lot of restrictions over the months with regards to life at large you have the authorities said anything on those lines as to whether they're actually going to go back to those methods that they've implemented in 2020 to ensure that the numbers come down unfortunately the relaxations have also resulted in people taking holidays marriages have come back all of that has started and of course what we have recently seen is with the kumelas now what we've seen with delhi sort of restrictions that have been put in today we need to see if more states are going to be doing that now because you don't want to have a condition where your hospitals are full your doctors are exhausted doctors and medical staff that is and you'll have social unrest at that if you run out of of facilities to treat people so i think we'll be watching the government very closely now to see how they're going to react because increasing numbers are putting pressure on all infrastructure people worry that could be a law and order issue if you don't watch it but it's kind of ironic don't you think that all this is happening amid a, a very intense election season as well oh yes what do you say it's, you're in the thick of both the kumela and the election seasons so i was talking to a virologist and that's what he said so what the country is going to see is rolling peaks now maharashtra which is at its peak now is probably going to see a dip in cases by the end of this month or and maybe you know delhi which is peaking now will also start dipping subsequently tamil nadu and so on but mm-hmm. after that you're going to see rolling peaks which means states like up and west bengal where now you've had all these crowds out any masks and all the rest of it that's when you're going to start seeing these states peak so you're in for a few tough months So in other words the only way forward is to play it safe stay safe and probably avoid crowds have the experts said whether they're going to allow more people and sort of ease the age restriction aspects of the drive so there's been a huge call to expand the vaccine coverage and that makes sense because someone who might be over 40 someone who might have cancer for instance in their 30s or something may not be able to access a vaccine but is completely you know compromised so there was this doctor from apollo in chennai who had written to the health ministry saying that immunocompromised patients like cancer patients need to get the vaccine and now given the way when you have a little bit of vaccine hesitancy and people are not in a rush so might as well open it up and allow people who are interested in taking it to take it quoting the virologist who had spoken to earlier an excellent suggestion which is you can have your age cut off and maybe up to 3:30 in the day and after 3:30 make it walk in so whatever doses are remaining let the others who want to walk in till 9:00 or midnight or if you can have staff to do it right 
come in and take it. So that way you're reducing the wastage, you're expanding your coverage. And the other thing with younger people are going out, they're going out to work. Some people may be the only breadwinners of the family and they're 45 and all of that. They would be the ones who would be also getting exposed. So it makes sense to expand the coverage of that. Have the medical experts said anything on the lines of vaccinating children or people below the age of, say, 18 above? So we don't have vaccines yet for children. Now, Pfizer and a few others, Moderna, I think, have started testing. We don't have a vaccine yet for children. They are uh, still testing it and Pfizer has applied for or is going to apply, if I remember right, for an emergency authorization in America. We still have a little while to go on getting a vaccine for children. In terms of schools, that's something mm-hmm. that many worry about, that to get kids back to school, you know, do you need vaccination? But we don't have a vaccine yet for children. It's not just about that, because you have a lot of these children who are part of households as well. So if the working member keeps going in and out right. of the house, it could probably right. affect them as well, right? It would affect them. It's just that so far they've been saying young people are not badly affected. So children may not be that badly affected as an older person might be affected. But now we're even seeing young people in their 30s and 40s, some getting badly affected, some having long COVID, which is a long-term impact on their lungs and their breathing. So they're just changing the rules as we go along, as as they understand the virus more. But as of now, what they say is children may not be that badly impacted as, uh, say, the older people. And But that's not really the final word. With regards to the travel restrictions, especially those traveling by flights, have the government sort of imposed a few more protocols on those lines? Right now, we've not heard anything yet on that. This means emphasis on the use of RT-PCR tests every time you cross the state borders. So what about, does someone have to still take them even after, let's say, they've received two doses of the vaccine? So right now, I have to check on how different states are looking at it. When you look at people coming in from Maharashtra, which has the highest toll at the moment, they're asking for a COVID-negative test. So there may be states which are doing all right where you may not require a test. It might be the high-incidence states. So the strategy now that more experts are looking at because they don't want to go in for a lockdown, lockdown like we did last year because of the huge human toll that it took. So they're looking at micro lockdowns, if you can do micro containment, that that is the thinking from many government talking heads. Okay, so in other words, there's more you know, concrete information about whether you can travel from one place to another if you have already taken both doses of the COVID vaccine. Well, if you're talking about something like a vaccine passport kind of a thing, which is what the Western nations are talking about. Uh-huh. In India, no, they've not yet talked about any such thing. There is concern when you come from a state with high level of infections, then they do talk about having a COVID negative test. If you're flying into the country, you do need to have a COVID negative test. Vaccine passport still something that is quite not controversial but it has very conflicting views because the WHO says it's you don't yet have equity on your vaccine distribution. There are countries that have not been vaccinated. There are large populations not been vaccinated. So to have norms that say you can't go into this country if you're not vaccinated, then that's going to be restrictive and like a barrier. So there is no one voice on that yet, though Europe seems to be looking quite strong on going in for vaccine passports and that sort of thing.
that will be it ma'am thank you so much for joining us today yeah thank you stay tuned for more podcasts you may also subscribe to our spotify channel business line podcast and also follow us on google podcasts as well as our website www.thehindubusinessline.com